What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. All right, let's try it again. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's, it's good to see everybody. I'm telling you, it's, I am glad that we get church twice a week because once a week just don't cut it. I miss you guys. I miss the fellowship. I miss the the prayer time, I miss just, I miss it all. Amen. So let me first start by welcoming our online audience. I'm Pastor Brett, the associate pastor here at Next Level Freedom Church. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We greatly appreciate it. We are going to be finishing up the attributes of Jesus. This is going to be, I think, part nine. I could be wrong. But this one is called Jesus, the Promised One. So we've really, we've went through a lot of who Jesus is. Right, we talked a whole lot about different uh, aspects of him, things that he did, and just all, all different kinds of things. So tonight we're going to be talking about the promised one, how he was promised to us. God the Father promised that he would send his son to us. So that's where we're going to be tonight. First off, I do have something. I have a handout for you guys. We'll call it a Christmas gift. How many we got here? One, two, three, four, five. Six. There should be enough here for everybody to have one. Devin, would you mind helping me pass those out, bud? All right, well, you have to love me to get to heaven, right? <laughs> so what this is, is this is 351 prophecies of Jesus, uh, prophecies that were fulfilled, basically Old Testament and New Testament. So there's a whole lot of interesting things there you guys can check out. If you ever wanted some of the scriptures that talked about how Jesus you know, it predicted Jesus in the Old Testament and how he fulfilled it in the New Testament. Now you've got a place you can go and look. There's 351 things there for you guys to go and examine. So I thought it was interesting. I thought, oh, we're scratching. I thought maybe you guys would enjoy it. But so tonight, like I said, we're talking about Jesus, the promised one. Tonight we're going to look at the promises of God and how God kept his promises. Amen. He keeps his promises, unlike some of us. Who have have you ever not, don't have to raise your hand? I'll do it for you. <laughs> I'll be your representation tonight because we're all human. But have you ever not kept a promise? <laughs> you know, I have even made the stupidest mistake in the world. And you know, you ever have those times where you tell God, God, if you'll do this for me, I promise I won't do this, or I promise I'll do this for you. And then you get that thing that you know you prayed for, and what do you do? Ah, oh, yo, Lord, I was busy and. You see, I didn't, I didn't have time because I had to work. See, we start making excuses, right? We break our promises all the time. We're humans. We're, we're fleshly beings, and sometimes those things happen. But God doesn't do that. God keeps his promises. If he said it, he meant it, he's going to do it. Amen? All right, so we're going to talk about Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Is the first one. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. And we all know this verse, right? Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 
And we've all read that probably a hundred times. And it, it's one of those Christmas passages, right? And we talked a little bit about it last week. But so God has kept his word. And I want us to look at those promises that he would send us a savior. That was God the Father's promise. It was prophesied. Remember, we've talked about it's 740 years before Christ, Isaiah wrote these words. And how, cl- and how precise these words were, he wrote them down perfectly. God made a promise that he would send a Savior. And how exactly that Savior would come. See, if you look into this promise, you see what it's really telling us is that God is sending us himself. And I want you to really think about this tonight because the name Emmanuel, what does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. So God made a promise that I will send my son, but I will send, you know, the the Trinity is all over this, guys. We just have to look into it. But he's saying, I will send myself. And Jesus even said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. So because the name Emmanuel means God with us, this son that was going to be born was going to be more than just a man. He wasn't just a man. There's a lot of religions out there that try to, how do I want to put that? They try to naturalize it too much and say he was just a man. They try to over-spiritualize it and say, well, he was never even a physical being. He was just a spiritual being. He was like a, a ghost or a spirit, you know. But really all we have to do is read the Old Testament, read the New Testament, and we find out exactly who he was. We find out exactly what God said. I will send my son. His name shall be God with us. God, basically God in human flesh, came down for us. And that's something that I don't think that we really grab a hold of. And sometimes it's hard to wrap your mind around that. Like, what does that really mean? How, How do we even grasp that? So let's look at this for a minute. Do you realize that God did the only thing that he could do to get you to understand who he was? If you go read the Old Testament, God presented himself as a pillar of fire right presented himself in a burning bush and the whole time these things are happening do you realize that the people are just like moses and all they're all amazed they're like oh look at this how uh, clouds by day and a pillar of fire by night and then the burning bush and you go through the old testament there's different places but they're looking at it and they're, they're trying to figure out who this god is i mean yeah but there's there's so many cool things that are in the scriptures that we don't realize that are there. But God, this is where it gets amazing to me, though, is it's almost like he knew that appearing to people in a supernatural way was not going to cut it. So God did the only thing that he could do to get us to understand who he was is he became one of us. He became one of us so that we could better understand him. Because all throughout the Old Testament, it's like they just... You never realize it's almost like they just the Israelites, they just never get it completely. And that's why he put himself in human flesh. And that's why he came down here and he began to teach us about the gospel. He began to teach us about the kingdom and he put it in ways and in parables and things that we could comprehend and that we could think and that we would have to dig in and look deeper. But he brought it to us the same way that I'm bringing you something tonight in the flesh. He brought us it to us in a way that only we can get it. Because you know if a if an angel appeared in here tonight, right? And we knew it was a holy angel. We knew it was a holy angel. We'd be looking at that as a supernatural experience, wouldn't we? We'd be like, "Whoa, man, God was moving. We had a supernatural experience." And everybody would just want to just 
talk about how supernatural that was. Or if one of these things caught on fire and a voice started coming out of it tonight, we'd look at that as a supernatural experience. But God brought it to us in a natural way that only he knew is the only way he was going to get his children to comprehend. And the more I think about that, the more it just amazes me and it makes me realize that that's how much he loved us. He wasn't trying to do it in some grand way. He came and he did it in such a way that we could grasp it. And not only grasp it, that he was willing to go all the way to his death in order for us to receive it freely. Receive it freely. He came as a baby and he had to go through all the same stuff that we go through. He had to grow up. He had to probably, some people are going to get mad when we say this, Pastor Trent, but he may have gotten a little bit of trouble. I mean, I don't, I don't know how that looks. I mean, yeah, he was sinless, but sometimes getting into mischief isn't necessarily sin. It's just you need to be corrected, right? I mean, I don't know how people, somebody's going to look at that the wrong way and call me a heretic, and that's fine. But I'm just telling you that if he came here and he was like us, he lived like us, he had to grow up like us, he had to go through the things that we go through in order to be able to die for us, he had to go through all of that. That's God's love. And the thing about God's love is that he keeps promising it to us. It's, it's, it's a promise that never goes away. And if you've never experienced God's love, then you're missing it. Tonight, you can have that opportunity to experience God's love. You can ask Christ to come into your life, and I guarantee you, your life will change. It will not be the same, but you got to want it. Because God's promises are true. God's promises are real. And whenever he says, Brett, I will do this thing, he will do this thing. There's no way around it. If he promises it, it's going to happen. And you can take it to the bank. And that's what I love about reading. When you read God's word and you read a promise, and there's things in there, and I'm like, yeah, that's a promise. And you stand on it. You've got to stand on that promise. You can't doubt that promise. You can't let the flesh come over you and say, well, I know God said he'd do it, but I don't, I don't see it happening. Let me give you an example. This one's not in scripture. This is something personally that happened to me. In 2017, on New Year's Eve, I'm driving home from town, from Perryville. I'm driving back to my house. And I'm praying and I'm asking God. I say, Lord, what's, what's coming for this year? Because I always ask for a word. God, give me a word for what's, what's coming up. What, you know, what's my life? What, what do you want me to do this year? And at that time, I was working evening shift where I worked. And I'd been praying for years for a day shift position. I mean years, okay? I was on nights for 12 years. So I'd, been, I'd wanted it for a long time. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me plain as day, and he said, this is the year you go to day shift. And I just stopped in my tracks, you know, and I was like, really? I'm like, did I just hear that right? You know, because I'm questioning now because this is something that I really want. Well, January rolls around, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, and and this is honest to God's truth. I said, Lord... I guess maybe I didn't hear you right. I started doubting the word that I got. September rolls around. They put up a sign-up sheet. And I said, and it's for a truck driver for day shift, which is what I do. So I sign it. Name after name after name on that thing. They're all underneath me. And I'm like, got this locked. The Lord has got this. Thank you, Jesus. I knew I heard your word. I come in one morning, and there's a name for somebody that got hired like two days before me. 
And I'm like, oh, well, this is honest to God's truth. I said, Lord, it's a Friday, and it was they were supposed to, we're supposed to come in on Monday on days. And I just said, Lord, I give it to you. If this ain't it, then this ain't it. I am not fretting it. I give it to you. I got a call the next day. That person turned it down, and I got that position. When God says it, he does it. We may not like the timing, but he will do what he says he will do. Amen? Amen. He came to us as the Son of God through a pure virgin, through a process that all humans go through. Uh, Let's look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Who's it given to? Who's it given to? We got to remember that he it's given to us for unto us. A child is born to us. A son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders. I'm sorry, Democrats. It, you, I'm sorry, Republicans. It's not you. The government someday will be upon his shoulders. He will run this whole thing. You're not going to have a say so in it no more. Amen. This is his now. Anyway, the devil just thinks he got it. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called. I love this. I love these verses right here. Wonderful Counselor. What's that sound like? Who's the Counselor? The Holy Spirit. Amen. Who's the Mighty God? The Everlasting Father. The Father. And who's the Prince of Peace? Jesus. You got the Trinity all locked up right there. Before Jesus was ever born, 700 and something years before Jesus was ever born. It's speaking about Jesus right here, a son that came to us through a virgin. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the incense of his government and peace, of the increase of his government. Am I going out? Let me switch them. Check, check. All right, we are back. Of the increase of his government and the peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. You know what that is? That's a promise. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So that thing that we just read in verses 6 and 7, he's telling us right there, it will happen. It is a promise from God. Jesus was God in the flesh and is the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, and the wonderful counselor. The whole trinity is locked up in there, and I love it. I love it. Don't tell me that it, it doesn't exist. Don't tell me that it's not real because it's found right there. People are like, oh, the word trinity's not in there. Yeah, there's a lot of words that aren't in there. There's a lot of words that are in there. But things like this is what shows us that these things are real. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrata, I can never say that word right. Who are too little to be among the clans of Judah from you shall come forth for forth for me. One who is a ruler of Israel, whose coming forth is from the days of old, from ancient days. The king was born in a little bitty town called Bethlehem. Amen. They had to go there. We're going to read Luke chapter two here in just a minute. But you see, he came to save us, but so many people at the time missed it. They missed the promised one because they were too busy looking for their conquering king that was ready to come forth with axes and arrows and swords and all of the the, the garb that they had to have on. They were looking for Jesus to come in a way that he was not coming at that time. He was coming as a lamb, getting ready to be led to a slaughter 
for us because it was promised that he would come and be our savior. Now, there is a time coming when he will come as a lion. Amen. And we are nearing that time ever so closely. I cannot wait. But he came at this point in time to save us from sin. See, they missed it. They were waiting for Jesus to come and set up a government. And Jesus came in and he starts disrupting everything that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these people were doing. He disrupted it. And they hated him for it. They hated their promised one. Let that sink in for a minute. The one that we know is Savior, the one that we love and call him King and Savior and Friend and Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the one that we call that, they spit upon him. His own people spit on him and hated him because he didn't come the way that they expected him to come. They missed it. How many of those people died and went to hell? Realizing my Savior, I seen him face to face. I looked at him in his eyes. I watched him do the miracles. I watched him do all these things. And I called him a false teacher. And I said that he had, you know, he had to be from Beelzebub. He had to be from the devil. Those people are probably in hell right now. They missed it. So I'm saying tonight, guys, we can't miss it. We can't keep overlooking the things that God is doing, the things that God has done and the things that God continues to do. We got to stop missing it. We got to start looking for it and grabbing a hold of it and telling people, look what God is doing right now. We've been trying to do this at next level for almost two years now. We've been trying to tell people, stop looking to the world, stop looking to the media and start looking to what God is doing because God's promises are yes and amen. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. I don't care what Joe Biden is going to do. I don't care what any other Democrat or Republican or anybody out there says they're going to do or vote for or any of that mess because it's all lies because they lie and God is truth. Amen. So we got to start listening to the one that makes the promises in the scripture and says, if I say it, it will happen. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm getting worked up. He came to forgive, to love, to set our spirit free and to teach us how to do the same. He came to set us free, but he also came to teach us how to be able to do that for others or to share others how that can happen. We can't set him free. The Holy Spirit does that. But he uses us. Amen. That's what I'm getting at. You see, the people of Rome wanted to be set free, but they missed it. They missed it. The people, those, those people, they, uh, they, they wanted to be set. The, Christ, uh, the, the Jews that were living in Rome and all these places that were conquered by Rome is what I'm meaning to say is they wanted to be set free from Roman rule. But it didn't happen, did it? Actually, if you read in the scriptures, it got worse for them. As it goes on, you know, they went in and they tore, the temple came down and they, they were dispersed. They went out everywhere. It got worse for them. And Jesus said, hey, this is going to happen. The temple's going to be torn down. There won't be one stone left upon another. So here they were waiting for their Messiah. The Messiah come and they missed it. And then things got worse. And they're, now they're still waiting for their Messiah. He came to forgive and they missed it. He came to love and they chose to hate. He came to share the truth, and they chose to spread lies. So what do we do? We've got to spread truth. We have got to stop the lies in their tracks. Well, who's to say what's truth? And who, you know, my truth is different than no, 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 no. There's one truth. Like it or lump it, there's one truth, and it's only found in the Scripture. That's where your truth is found. Anything outside, I'm not saying that 
everything outside of scripture is a lie, but I am saying that everything inside of scripture is the truth. There are some things in this world that aren't lies, but they're not in the scripture. Things that we can believe, but you can take this word to the bank. You can stand on it and know that it's true. I, Trenton could come up here and tell you all kinds of stories. I could come up here and tell you all kinds of stories of when God has come through and it's just like it had to be God because there's no worldly way that it happened. I could tell you stories about when my wife was pregnant. I was out of work. There was no money. We needed insurance for our baby to be born. God, 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 God every time. Just miraculous things that took place. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read the story. Amen. Anybody want to help me read tonight? Anybody got their Bible out? I am not the best reader unless I'm like reading to myself. So we're going to read all the way down to verse 21. So any, if you guys want to like take turns or if somebody just wants to read the whole thing or... I thought it would be tonight's a perfect night and I know we're going to... We're planning to meet Sunday unless something drastically changes with the weather or something, but Luke chapter 2, verse 1, and All right. You guys hear me? In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world shall be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius, thank you, was governor of Syria. And all went out. I'm sorry. And Joseph also went up to Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judah, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the, the he was of the house in the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Because there was no place for them in the inn. And in, that, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over the flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for unto you is, the un is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord." And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel of a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went.
with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known that the saying that had been told to them concerning this child and all who heard it wondered at the, what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Amen. So we have heard the Christmas story this year. What I don't want to happen, and I'm guilty of it, is we read over that and we don't think about it sometimes. But there's so much in that story. There's so much prophecy fulfilled in those just few, just 21 scriptures. There's so much prophecy that took place there. Are we beginning to understand that when God makes a promise, he keeps it? I mean, there's no way that I have time to go through every prophecy. Okay, there's no way that I have time to do that tonight. But the things that had to fall in place, this is what we've got to understand for for and we talked about it a little the Jesus the defier of odds we talked about it last week but for the, those things to fall into place for Jesus to fulfill every single thing that had to happen in the exact place that it had to happen at the exact time that it had to happen it's astronomical and there's no way and I know people say this well how do you know that Jesus didn't just follow the old testament and you know fulfill all those things well i'm pretty sure that jesus had no say so in where he was born and when he was born and the star that was and all that stuff he had there's no way he could have done it there's no way he could have done it but with you know as a baby so jesus fulfilled all those things second corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 and this is something that i just want to make sure we focus on for all the promises of god find their yes in him that is why it is through him that we utter our amen to god for his glory if God promised it, what did we say a while ago? It will happen. It will happen. If God promised it, it will happen. He is not a liar and his words are true. Now, I know we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, but he didn't stay a baby. We've got to get that out of our thinking. He didn't stay a baby. Now, we're celebrating the coming of our king. Amen. But not a day should go by that we don't think about and celebrate what he did. That's not just a Resurrection Sunday thing where we think about him dying on the cross and then resurrecting to life. We've got to be thinking about his first coming, his death, his second coming. Those things have got to be in our mind continually every single day. You know why? Because those were promises. Those promises encourage us to know that that thing that we're praying for that's promised to us in the scripture, it's coming. It's coming to you. He's not going to back out of it. He's not a God that's going to, he's not like us. Amen. He lived a sinless life. He ain't like us. He's not going to back out of the things that he says he's going to do just because it didn't work out for him so well. You know, anyway, he kept every word and prophecy about him. Not only did God give us the great of gifts when Jesus came as a baby, but Jesus followed out that plan perfectly. He followed out God's plan perfectly. And he even, he, I can't remember the exact scripture, but he, he, what did Jesus say? I say everything that the Father tells me to say. He said every word that the Father told him to say. That's just crazy. You think about that. He was so close 
in his prayer time, so close with the Holy Spirit, he said every single word that God ever told him to speak. It was his life that set us free. It was his life that gave us life. And it was his life that gave us life more abundantly. It gives us life. It gives us hope. See, the problem is, is people's walking around right now and they're looking at the things going on in the world and they're, they're, they're spending this Christmas season right now. And, and I've been guilty of it myself, but they're spending the Christmas season and all this time they're hustling and they got the bustle and they got to get the gifts and they got to make sure that their kids aren't crying because they get the perfect little gift. You know, it's, everything's got to be perfect. We got to have the right food. And if we, if we mess up, they're focusing on the money. They're focusing on the gifts. They're focusing on the food. And somewhere lumped in there, they've got Santa Claus. And then somewhere lumped in there, Frosty's in their front yard. <coughs> or the Grinch. <coughs> I didn't even need to preach it. <laughs> I didn't mean I had a, I couldn't talk. I had a thing in my throat. But in the midst of all of that, Jesus is completely forgotten. I got, I don't want to say I got in an argument one time, but it was, it wasn't an argument, but it was, I I don't, I never taught my kids Santa Claus. I never did. I always, and there's reasons I taught, I taught them Jesus. I wanted them to know they can't necessarily see Jesus, but he's real. And I also taught them a lesson because I said, how do I, let me make sure I say that right. I wanted them to know that what they have is because they were blessed by God, not because some magical figure dropped it down the chimney for them. I wanted them to know that, and it, uh, look, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just telling you my convictions, okay? I wanted them to know that that year, that what they had under the tree was because God blessed mom and dad with the money to be able to put it under the tree. And that if there ever was a year that comes that we can't put near as much under that tree, that they understand that it's not because Santa Claus hates them. It's because God blessed us with what we have, and this is what you have. This is what we have. I want them to know that everything we have comes from God. Nothing's given except from God. Nothing's magically dropped off unless it comes from God. Someone leaves it on your doorstep and says, the Lord told me to do this. It's from God. And I'm not condemning anybody. That those, these are my convictions, okay? You do, you do you, you take it before the Lord, and you be who you are. That's what I'm saying. But I'm telling you, this, this is the way God showed me. If I want them to believe in somebody they can't see physically, then I want it to be Jesus. I want it to be Jesus. So it was his life that set us free. Amen. Jesus kept his promise to the Father his whole life, and he never wavered. And a lot of people will say, well, he, he said, Lord, if it be your will, take this cup from me. He was wavering. He was trying to get out of it. He wasn't trying to get out of it. He was, he was saying, Lord, if there is no other way, because think about what he was going through at that time. He was sweating drops of blood. He was stressed, stressed beyond measure. And he was feeling you know why because he was a human he was feeling the physical stress and maybe a little bit of scaredness and things that he knew what was getting ready to take place you're gonna 
he's going to die for people that have been spitting on him and hating him. He's going to die for him. He came into the world as a child with one thing on his mind, you. And that's where I want to leave it. When he came here, you were the only thing on his mind. You. That's how, whew, come on. That don't get you somewhere. And you were the reason God sent his son, and you were the reason that Jesus gave his life. In this case, and in only this case, it's all about you. When it comes to God, it was all about you when he sent his son. It wasn't about, it wasn't about Christmas trees or Christmas lights or anything like that. He sent his son for you. Jesus gave his life that you may live, so don't throw it away. I'm going to say that again. I want everybody to hear it. I want everybody online to hear it. Jesus gave his life so that you can live eternally. Don't throw it away. Don't throw it away. Accept the gift and be a part of the promise. See, that's the great part is we get to be a part of the promises of God. We are a part of every promise in these scriptures. We're a part of it because he promised us. He made those promises to us. Amen. So I am done with my series, The Attributes of Jesus. And I hope that now we all have a little bit clearer understanding. Not that you guys didn't. I know you did. You guys are all smart people. But sometimes we overlook some of the simple things about Jesus and who he was and the things that he did here. But really, who he still is. He's unchanging. Amen. He's unwavering. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He loved you then. He loves you now. He loves you tomorrow. Amen. If you don't know Jesus after this nine-part series, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to invite you to ask him into your heart, to ask him to be Lord of your life, to come in to receive him into your life. Let him change your life because he'll do it. I guarantee you he'll do it. And it may not be this overnight drastic change that some people get. I didn't get that. He began to work on me the very next day, though. I've told that story, but I can tell it a different time. But he will begin to work on you, and you will see your life change, and you will not look at things the way that you do tonight, tomorrow when you wake up. Your mindset will be changed because he will enter in and change the way you look at things. If that's you tonight, here's what you do. You say, Father, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I have failed you. I know that you sent your son to die on a cross for me. I acknowledge that Jesus rose from the dead. I ask you to come and live in my heart. Be Lord of my life and change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you tonight, congratulations. You are now a member of the kingdom of God. You, you've, you've got your ticket, so to speak, to heaven. But more importantly than that, you've got Christ living inside of you now. He, he came in. If you asked him in, that's his promise. If you ask him to, he will come in. That is a promise that he made to you. Now, it's your job. It's your choice to continue to live for him, to get into your scriptures, to read, and let him begin to speak to you and change your life from the inside out. Thank you. God bless. And by the time this goes up, Christmas will be over, but Merry Christmas anyway. Happy New Year. How about that? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Next Level Freedom Church. God bless.